Oh, and then we're back with season two. Woman of Illustration. Today, guys, I'm with Olga, and it's not Zalite, it's Zalette. What is it? How do I say your name? It's Zalette, yes. Zalette. Oh, Almost so perfect. Fit. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Zalette. Zalette. Uh, Zalette. Olga Zalette is here with us. Um, and I was really excited to get her on the on the pod. Mostly because it's, you know, it's season two, we're changing things up, it's all audio from now on, and I have known about Elga's work for quite a for quite a while, um, just seeing her, like, very easy and identifiable style. It's, like, geometric, and she uses, like, these warm color palettes, and it's very, like, transformative for me, where it's, like, every little nook and cranny, there's something to look at. It's very kind of crazy, uh, but beautiful. So I'm such a huge fan. Um, so when I was asking her like, oh, what would be like a, you know, cool topic that you think would be, you know, helpful to other female illustrators, she thought, you know, going from that transitional space of like, hey, I'm going to a design job to an illustration job and like (laughs) (laughs) what that whole process is like. Um, so I'm going to ask you a really personal question. Are you ready? Oh yeah. How old are you? 28. 28. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, I know that it's not really such a high number for the Western countries, but we do have quite a difference between our mentalities here and in the United States, for example, even in Europe. That's why like 28 here is like 40. (laughs) Really? And like, well, and how does that affect like culture and like your job and stuff? Like, for example, over here, we have a very aggressive influence in society, especially for women to get married kind of early, to have children early. So a lot of women, even in their 24 years old, they are already usually married or about to get married. Uh, Most of my friends already have children in this age. So um, I'm not, and definitely it's not the age where people over here consider to do the switch. Unless mm. they are divorced, <laughs> like me. <laughs> Unless they are the worst. Because I'm, I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, divorced and worst is sort of like equals here. <laughs> oh, wow. Good to know. Not moving there. All right. Um, so, like, you said, like, women have uh, kids young. Like, what's young? Uh, like, for example, my mom had me when she was 24. And right now, the age is slightly moving up, so it's maybe 26, 27, Mm -hmm. but it's still sort of low, because um, once you come to, I don't know, when you come to gynecologist, for example, and you're 25, you're already considered to be like an old one to have children. What? Uh, Yeah, you are. Well, you know, when it comes to medicine, it really is preferred for you to have children while you're younger, because you have, you are more healthy to do that, and your Mm -hmm. chances are kind of higher to conceive. But generally, yeah, and it's so, um, it's frustrating and it's very much hard pressure on a lot of people here. That's why very often women cannot really think about building up a career when they're like, you know, freshly out of the universities. I'm not speaking about everyone, of course, there are exceptions. But very often when you get into this loop where you have to decide, do you want to be a wife and do you want to have children young? Because for a lot of women over here, it's a good strategy because the moment you have a child, young, you sort of uh, guarantee yourself having a lot of time to build your career afterwards. So you would already succeed as a mother right away. And then you would already be focusing on doing everything else, you know? Wow. I guess that's like one way to think about it, I guess. You know, yeah. Different paths. I, I, like, 
I don't know, to me, like, my mom had me when she was 38, which I know, like, she had me later, like, much later in life. So I, I've definitely, like, never felt the pressure, like, in my 20s to have kids at all, mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, I definitely felt the societal pressures of, like, when I turned, because I just turned 30 this past year, where I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be married, I need to have, I need to be <laughs> pregnant, and I need to have my life figured out. This is the, this is the age where everything changes. And then it's just, it's, oh, it's Tuesday. And it's like exactly the same. And no one's yelled at me from the streets. Like, you hag. Like, have babies. <laughs> um, but that's just, I don't know if that's like me watching too much TV or what. But it's something that, it, it did trip me up, I will say. Like, something about the day of the birthday. The 3 birthday. I'm just no. like, I felt like a little weird about it. I was just like, I don't can't control how this feels it just was very awkward so i find that interesting that like oh 20 what seven you said was like oh that, that's like it's too late um if i have kids it'll probably be like <laughs> with lots of medicine in my later of my life um or i'm the kind of person who wants to adopt so oh, me too actually i'd much rather do that there's so many people homeless children in the world like i don't need to make like have my DNA and a kid like that's just not important to me specifically I'd much rather like help someone who needs it and not like a baby I want like an 11 year old or something like that yeah <laughs> like, so I've what... been potty trained for quite some time now <laughs> the hard work was already done before you <laughs> mm-hmm. well because you know like you know the older kids get the less likely they get adopted and they just go yeah. from like house to house and that kind of thing so no, I don't know it, I will say the only selfish thing I have is I just want her to have curly hair for him that's that's it is that bad like i want to save us i want to save a life but you must have the curls um i have always wanted to have curly curly hair just like, the, it's just the never best happens. hair yeah as someone with curly hair it's like no matter like what your skin looks like that day no matter like if you're overweight or whatever you're always like oh but my skin is fucking i mean my hair is fucking the best like it's so shiny and bouncy and people go up to you and they can't like bounce your curls it's fun like it's a cute look and I want my child to have that experience. That's it. That's the only experience that I care about. Just curly hair. Um, anyways, uh, I'm glad we were able to establish this somewhat of a feminist small talk. Is good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like introduced your style of work, but if you had to describe your style of illustration and like what you do for a living now, what would that look like? Yeah, well, I would say that I'm a visual storyteller from St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, but currently I'm focused on illustration where all the characters are mostly imperfect and fun and playful. And yes, as you said, I do like geometry and I prefer to work with simple shapes rather than complicated ones. But at the same time, I do enjoy creating sort of complicated and chaotic environment around them. So I would probably say that my style is like a colorful chaos, that mess that has sense of humor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I definitely enjoy working with warmish uh, color palettes rather than cold ones. But I just feel like I need to step away from that and start exploring more. So I'm currently, this is my sort of um, goal for this year, just be more adventurous with, with colors. Yeah, well, I've noticed that like you started this new series lately that's like women's faces yeah. with your like pattern and... I don't even know what to call it. Your collages. I'm going to, I'm going to call them. I can't think of a better word for them. Um, and that's such an interesting, I think to like difference from what you usually do. Cause like what we're saying, like every nook and cranny is filled where it's just like, no, just this area, every nook and cranny is filled. So yeah. I think that's really interesting that you're like, how do I change things up so I don't get bored while also making this look like my identifiable style? 
Yeah, I just like experimenting because I have been in illustration for less than a year, actually. I started in the end of June last year and I'm still... <laughs> still that like blows my mind. I'm like, what do you mean a year? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm still a baby when it comes to this industry, but mm. I'm growing quickly. I eat a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, let's see, you're at, you know, I think you should be at like 100k followers on Instagram. You're currently at 4,200. Oh, well, and, I'm energy efficient. <laughs> but that's pretty good. Like, how? wait, when did you start your Instagram? Was it about a year ago or was it longer? Uh, well, my Instagram account actually existed for quite some time. And before I started doing the digital illustrations, I was just posting pictures from my sketchbooks uh, where I was drawing food. This is why you can see that my uh, Instagram name is Food Breed Struggle, which is different from what I'm actually called. But my real name is taken already. That's why I cannot really make it business and serious as I would like for it to be um, but yeah so I was posting pictures of food and then I decided to <laughs> delete everything and start from scratch when I started drawing these cute characters of mine but yeah it happened around maybe the beginning of July the last year yeah I went to your first like the first post that isn't uh, deleted and it's July 5th 2018 so that's yeah. pretty cool and also you have the coolest username ever food greed struggle yeah, that's my life like, that is <laughs> Like, I don't, it's so interesting because, like, I've reposted your work a few times on Women Deville, and I didn't fully <laughs> remember your username until, like, this morning when, right before we were about to, like, talk for this podcast. I'm just like, I was like, damn, her username moved me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not used to being moved by a username. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like food, greed, struggle. And I think the word struggle is key here, too, because there's always a sense of, like, chaos to a lot of your work. Yeah. That's um, a struggle. Yeah, it's a struggle. It's just, it's just like everyone's fucking moving and busy and everything's dirty and messy, but it's still beautiful. And yeah. that's what I think is really cool about it. Thank you. Um, so you've been doing this for a year. So what do you, so how would you describe, like, what you do for a living? Like, how do you, do you, are you making money through illustration yet? Uh, yes, I started making money through illustration in September the last year. Um, well, I think that it happened earlier than it normally does because I am I didn't really step away too far away from design industry where I come from originally. Um, that's why I kind of know how to work with clients, how to look for clients and how to do freelance generally. Uh, mm. But I, I think that I have started making money from the illustrations which I like working on this year. So the last year I was still kind of creating illustrations, not always in my style, which I would love for it to be all the time, mm. um, but I was still practicing. So yeah, I, I normally create illustrations right now for web um, and editorial illustrations a little bit, and also a lot of illustrations for stationary work, like, you know, bags or um, uh, notebooks, things like that. So they're mm. going to be printed. Very cool. Um, how is that going? How's the whole biz? How's the biz going? Um, I'm not currently taking as many orders as I would like because I'm in the middle of the process of moving to the United States and yay. yay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and hopefully it happens by the end of this spring. I'm really keeping my fingers crossed. Um, and the moment I do I actually won't be able to take work for half a year before I obtain the EAD. Um, that's why I am currently taking only the projects which I, which I'm so, oh my God, so excited about. Um, but I always have something happening. That's why I cannot complain. Yeah, I feel that. Well, um, where are you now and where are you planning on moving? So right now I'm in St. Petersburg, Russia, the Northern capital. 
and I am planning to to move to um, San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, going to San Fran. It's very well. It's very chaotic. You, it's a food greed struggle. Yep. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm scared actually. Like yeah, the the food the food part. Yes, I'm very scared. <laughs> the food part you're scared of? Oh yeah, because I'm so greedy and I really much enjoy food. Oh, and... you're like I'm gonna get really fat, people getting mm. thicker and thicker. Um, yeah, that's so funny. Well, I'm sure you're gonna kill it. Like I love your work and like it being used for web and stationery. That totally makes sense for me. Um, editorial. I, I would love to see you start doing like your own custom products. I will say, anytime yeah. someone has a really cool, because I want to give you money. <laughs> like yeah. let me let me give you money. You know. Um, I think like if you did something, uh, this is just like these are the things I personally wish I owned. You can make them if you want. Um, but if you made like leggings. Or anything that has like an all over print, like an all over t-shirt or sweatshirt or hoodie or something like that would be killer. I would wear the fuck out of it. It'd be so awesome. Or just, I, don't, I don't even care. Poster. Give me some stickers. Just give me something to, to put your, like, and just look at your art. That's not a computer. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. I, I was thinking about it and I do sell my stuff on Society6. Um, mm. And, but I'm not really as focused on doing that right now. So I'm mainly working with clients, but... Uh, my fiance did get me, <laughs> this is like, you know, the worst thing to do, but yes, he got me my bag with St. Petersburg illustration, like from my travel series and brought it to me from Society6 and I'm so happy just owning it and I know Aww. it feels good um, and I need to to do more of it, but I guess because I'm still in the process of looking for, you know, what I, what I want to do with my life and because I'm not having as much time to do everything at once because of the movie. Yeah. I kind of try to focus on just one thing, but I definitely do want to do the products. And I did listen to your episode from the previous season about creating the products. I think it was one of your last ones, like mm -hmm. three, three episodes, and it was just so inspiring. And I'm like, yes, sticker move, definitely. That's my yeah. first step. <laughs> Get it done. The sticker app, they do what they do good work too. Um, yeah, I just want some products, man. Yeah, Society Six and Rebel, that's always like a good like. Yeah, like, hey, if you if you really want it, I guess you can get it on that website. But I'm a big advocate for, like, print-on-demand sites, like Printful. That's what mm -hmm. I use for my shop. Um, I just, my only issue with Printful is I wish their sizes went up bigger. Like, I want to buy their leggings, but they don't make leggings that fit these thighs. And that <laughs> pisses me off. It's <laughs> so unfair. I know. God damn it. And they always make them too elastic-y. Like, like, this isn't a comfortable fabric. <laughs> like, what is this? It's always, like, really tight and, like, incredibly shiny and makes that, like, weird sound when your legs touch. It's just like, shoo. Ooh. It's like, I'm not trying to be a spectacle here, people. I just want to look cute. Damn it, Printful. <laughs> um, but they have good prints and t-shirts and stuff. It's just, come on. If you're going to offer leggings, can we get something above a large people oh. industries? Can we do this, please? Um, anyways, I'm not jaded. <laughs> It's like I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna fit the world. The fucking world's gonna fit me. Damn it. Um, oh, I kind of like that. I'm gonna write that down and put it on a shirt. Okay. So, you recently did this transition, right, from a day job to doing illustration full time. Yes. Right. So, what what made you decide to make that switch in the first place? You old hag. <laughs> <laughs> you know so many things. So you're many 20, things. You 28 year old. You're over the hill. <laughs> How, how dare you have the audacity to just switch gears randomly on people like that? We old people get bored easily, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so easily. So but, but yeah, I, I, I was just... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just like, well, the simple answer would be that I was really bored and annoyed with my job and I was creating interfaces for living. Um, I was working for a company who was, uh, well, it was actually, I am not proud of it, but it was in right after I got a divorce. I just mm. needed something quickly. I needed a job which would pay me well and I would, which I would be able to work remotely and wouldn't have to worry about having to go somewhere, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I found this job and they were creating pharmaceutical products from a black market category. So those oh, were okay. not the goods which you would be able to uh, buy in pharmacies. But usually those are the goods also which won't do anything to you. So, you know, it's usually like um, a very standard, mm, I don't know, combination of herbs. And it's almost like your self um, persuasion that this thing is going to work. But it doesn't really but they just make this very aggressive marketing which sells and a lot of women who are for example self-conscious about how they look uh they would look at the website which is so beautiful and amazing because i created it and they would be like <laughs> oh my god it works i totally want to lose like i don't know 30 kilos per week no. i'm getting this thing yeah that's what i was doing no. and i've fallen for that how dare you make me buy those <laughs> poopy pills <laughs> you know I try not to be an asshole, but looking at it from a certain angle, it's a very cool experience to get as a designer Yeah. in a way that you can actually, you know, manipulate someone to buy it by doing the really good work as, a, as an interface designer. But it really didn't align with my moral codex. That's why yeah, to, for me, it was like a constant suffer. And one day I just came home. And, you know, like I, my, my parents live not too far from St. Petersburg and I visit them. I try to once a week and I just came home and my mom was asking me how's work. And I did this um, interface, which I was quite proud of because I had more um, freedom to experiment with the layout than I normally did. And I just showed her this product and it was like, you know, these thigh, um, tights, which make you lose weight, sort of. And I these showed tights. Her that make Tight. you lose weight? Yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> I think it was popular maybe in like 90s, you know, like on those TV shows where they they would pitch some product which doesn't work, costs too much, and no one really needs it. But all these women always fall, fall for it and then proceed with buying. Yep. Yep. So this is something that I did, but it actually looked more than cool. And I showed it to my mom and my mom was like, oh, where can I get it? Like, you should tell me. I can give you money now. You work with these people. Just get give me these tides. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I cannot do this anymore. It's like I manipulated my mom. <laughs> I just manipulated my mom. No, I was sort of like proud of it in a way because my mom is very difficult to be manipulated. But I was like, oh, okay, this is not fun anymore. <laughs> well, I, yeah, like that's such an important topic. Like, let's talk about that for a second. Where it's yeah. like that is our job as like as designers, not necessarily artists or illustrators, but is to convince someone to buy a product or yeah. to purchase a service. That's that's literally what our job is. But we have to like, where's the line? Like, where's the ethics of like what that product actually does? Like, I, I've definitely taken opportunities that I ended up feeling like kind of icky about after the fact. And it's like, I won't tell anybody that I worked on them. I would delete it from my like portfolio because mm -hmm. like that doesn't put me in the best light, especially as, you know, and like being a feminist on top of it or someone who believes in, you know, gender equality, I think is a better term because feminism has been ruined. <laughs> that everyone's like, oh, you're a bitch. It's like, I don't, well, yes, but being a feminism, <laughs> being a feminist has nothing to do with it, but okay. Um, but like, you know, believing in that and uh, 
like there's just I don't know I think there's just things that we do because we're excited about the experience like what you were saying yeah like oh having that opportunity to design that thing to leave an impression with somebody but at the end of the day if that impression is negative and is only going to hurt them and actually give them like <laughs> body dysmorphia is <laughs> <laughs> probably something we should be against but at the same time if we say no to that project there's always going to be someone else who's going to do it yeah that's true I... Maybe it'll be a man. I don't know. <laughs> like, I like women who are skinny, so I believe in this product. <laughs> it's like, no. Well, I, I worked there for almost two years, actually. And mm. I guess the thing, the reason why I lasted so long is because I I sort of knew from the reviews of actual people. Um, they were negative, of course, the reviews, who no one posted because there were always fake reviews, right, to convince someone yeah. to buy it. Uh, they just said that it just didn't do anything and I well I'm not completely like an idiot I would have to deal with the um, uh, so the components like you know I was reading a lot about the components of everything which they were selling that's why I could understand that okay this just doesn't do anything it just hurts Mm -hmm. it's like self-persuasion and they didn't really ask for for a lot of money so it was like little little amount of money but because they were aiming for quantity over you know um just a few expensive purchases so it were like a lot but cheap ones it would give them a traffic with, with a lot with a lot of money so yeah. that was making me sleep peacefully at night i guess <laughs> <Quite sometimes. laughs> and this is so bad to think about it right now i'm just like oh my god it feels like another another life almost <laughs> Well, it is like you've probably changed a lot since then, even even if it was just like, you know, a a little over a year ago or whatever. Um, I changed weekly, (laughs) especially like the older I get. It's like very like, oh, I'm a different person this week. It's very like, I don't know, like the littlest thing will happen. You have a conversation with someone, you'll watch a TV show and then something about your brain is just forever changed. Like, have you ever felt that way? Like you watched a really good movie and you're watching the credits at the end and you're like, I'm a different person now. Does well, that ever happened to you? Yeah, especially about the books, because I try to re- read a lot. And yeah, it's very changing. And just as you said, we are growing up. And I feel like maybe after 26, I have started noticing much more changes and maybe being more observant of myself as well. Because mm-hmm. when I was like younger, I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to eat a ton of Pringles and nothing is going to happen <laughs> to me. Right now, I eat a can of Pringles. My whole face is pimpled. I feel horrible. Like I know that yeah. it was a bad decision, but I'm just you know, not capable of controlling I myself. I just remember <laughs> being like really feeling really free when I was like in my early 20s. And I was like, I was very promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah, I was all about, okay, Cupid, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it's like, okay, Cupid. Okay, Cupid. It's this um in the states. It's this ad dating app, but it's mostly like a hookup app. I met my like, I met my husband Tinder. to be there. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you wait using Okay Cupid or using something similar? I know Okay Cupid. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've met some really good friends through it. To be honest, like I use it to meet like li- like lady friends. Um, oh. Not like so. I am bi- I am bisexual, but like just like actual like platonic friends. Um, and it was that, and those were like really lasting friendships, surprisingly enough. Like, oh, hey, and then all I did was like, hey, aren't men pigs or something like some blanket statement like that? Don't men suck on this app? Like, why do I need that? Like, why do you think a dick pic is going to get you in my pants? Is that really the best <laughs> marketing ploy for your body? <laughs> it's like, oh, just my, fuck my face. Here's the, what the head of my penis looks like. <laughs> all right. In certain Thanks cases, that, it is. Show. You know, like, bed, I mean, I guess. Bed marketing also works. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, and, but like, I just remember being like, 
like, oh, I'll like sleep with who I want responsibly, of course. And uh, like, I'll eat whatever I want. I'll stay out until three in the morning and then somehow magically show up to work at eight o'clock, like as a designer who worked for Disney. (laughs) And like, I was just like such a piece of shit, just like so selfish, so entitled, so spoiled, thinking like, I spent a hundred grand on my education. So I'm so, I'm the smartest fucker in this room. It's like, no, if anything, you're dumb. Like you couldn't get into a state school. So you went to a trade school and you spent way too much money. So it's like, (laughs) uh, I definitely feel that. (laughs) Um, But luckily we are evolving pretty quickly. I feel like, like, what what was it? Like 26, 25, I think is like, you're like, oh, like I'm the I need yeah. to be careful with my body. I just remember, like, things started cracking for me. Like, oh, that's a new... That's different. <laughs> like, I'd wake up out of bed and my back would go... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Age? <laughs> Is this what age feels like? <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, so, okay. Let's get back on topic. I'm getting into, like, stand-up comic mode here. Okay. It's all right. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this goes into our next question, really. So, it's like... Um, like, how have you grown, like, specifically in the past year? And, like, what opportunities have you found for yourself since you've really, like, done done illustration full-time, I guess? Well, first of all, I have definitely learned a lot of new software. Because um, before, I was, you know, interface design and illustration is quite different. So we don't really use the same tools, even though I was using Adobe Illustrator uh, for creating icons or certain elements for my interfaces. But mm-hmm. it's definitely not that convenient to create illustrations from scratch. And so before I got an iPad, I, my, profit, my process was drawing sketches on the paper and then I would scan it. And then I would do this endless clicking in Adobe Illustrator, <laughs> outlining everything, then coloring everything. And I was just so tired all the time of doing it, you know, manually using my mouse just, or just the, um, uh, not tripod, what's the thing which you tap on the computer, I forgot the word, whatever. Um, so yeah, basically um, that's, that was it. And then my fiance got me an iPad Pro and it just changed my game so much. So now mm-hmm. I just like quickly create a sketch in Procreate, then I outline it in Affinity Designer uh, for iPad, which is a life savior. And Affinity so, Designer. I haven't, I haven't tried that. Is that like a vector program? It's yeah, and you know, it's pretty. It's almost an equivalent of their desktop. So it's a beastie, beastie program. Not like mm. this halfway thing, like Adobe Draw, <laughs> which which they claim to be an illustrator. It's not, and you can actually work with a stroke and yeah, you can do anything you like in there, and then you can just export it as a EPS and just continue working in Adobe Illustrator on a desktop, if you like. So yeah, and right now it also allows me to work with much bigger canvases. And I have actually noticed that this transition by how the compositions of my illustrations changed, because now I have more freedom to do whatever I want and it goes quicker. Um, and yeah, then- I definitely see like more fluidity like yeah. in your newer work like then if you scroll the way down to your instagram i can tell it's it, not sterile but maybe static is a better word for it yeah static where it's just like it was more like here's a figure and here's like a few figures versus like here are all these like really intricate uh like intermingling objects in the background type of thing yeah it's almost like still life compositions you know yeah I w- <laughs> there you go that's a better word for it someone went to art school <laughs> no i wish like, no i just know what still life means dina damn it <laughs> How much did you spend at your education again? <laughs> Should you ask for a refund? Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's like one of the things. But another thing is that I definitely learned a lot of self-promotion. Um, and yeah. I cannot say that it's a new thing for me because 
um, you know, I have a greedy brain generally, and I like learning new things. And I'm definitely not a corporate letter kind of person. So mm -hmm. because like even though I started working in interface design pretty much after graduating from the university, um, I also changed it in the middle. And I had a year where like I worked in HR, human resources and social media marketing so i was learning a lot of things because i genuinely believe that these experiences which are kind of close to your area of expertise but not completely detached they make you a better professional if you know what's happening in there as well yeah. so yeah but i definitely haven't used it for the past two years while i was being a bad person to other people <laughs> And, and during this time, the algorithms of social media have changed or on Instagram, at least, you mm -hmm. know, and I had to do a lot of reading and analyzing of how other illustrators work and what they do. And I was trying to, you know, copying certain actions and seeing what works for me, what doesn't. And right now I think that sometimes I'm capable of reaching like 1000 or 2000 likes if I'm lucky, <laughs> but yeah. I, have, I have noticed that every time when I try to experiment with something, it just like, doesn't work. Even though I'm so happy about the thing I created, it just like, never works. No, it's like two or three hundred tops, <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I'm mean, i in the same boat. Like I have, th what is it, 35K now followers for Lettershop, my personal account. Yeah. And I'm lucky. I'm lucky to get like 2,000 likes. If, if a thousand. Like... So it's like, it's, uh, and I like, and I have like an entire course on social media marketing for artists. So like a lot of it has to do with luck. Like you could have the best hashtag strategy. You could have the best content in the world. You can have the best content, but it's like, unless a lot of people see it all in the first couple seconds and interact with it, it, the majority of your audience isn't going to know that it exists. Yeah. This so, is true. but I find like, just as like a little social media tidbit, and I try to say this every opportunity I can, because I I know a lot of people are like, it's not about the likes, but I want to take a more marketing approach where like, no, it like, I really, honestly, I don't care about followers. I don't care about engagement and I don't care about likes. The only thing I fucking care about is links or clicks to my website because that's mm -hmm. where I get money. It's not like a dollar goes into my account every time someone follows me. It's not like Patreon. So it's like, if I got like 200 followers in it, that's cool. That makes me feel good for like a couple seconds. But when I really think about it, I'm like, I still, I'm still broke. Like I still can't. <laughs> Like I don't have, then there's no more money in my bank account. You could work so hard for a month on your social media strategy, but if you don't have anything to advertise and to point them to, to pay you, like, what are you doing? And I think a lot of artists don't think about it in that context. They think about it through validation, not so much like, oh, I'm using this as an advertising channel for my business, for people to go to my website, to hire me or to buy my products. Jeez. Yeah. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> I need to right? create a product. <laughs> That's why I'm like, make products. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> a lot of people are like, what the fuck? I didn't even think about it like that. Um, and I think there's there's like good reasons. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you just, you know, try, you're in that process right now where you're just trying to feel comfortable putting your work out there. And yeah. that's the goal. And that's a beautiful goal. And that's totally fine. And I feel like everyone should have that moment on Instagram where they're just kind of figuring their footing, finding their style. But right when you're like ready to like start getting money, then I think you really need to be taking it a bit more seriously where it's like, you have to have a website, you have to have a landing page. I need to get on that website. I need to know exactly what you offer. I need to know whether or not you're talking directly to me if I'm a potential client. Mm -hmm. I need to know what I should be hiring you for. What is your process? I want to see case studies that explain your design decisions. I want to see a questionnaire so that way you can help me, the client, better understand what I want from you so you can give me a quote faster. 
right? And then if it's products, if that's, you know, so most people are usually interested in client work or products, then it's like either have a, a you know, a hookup with Shopify or something where you just have the tag of your products and Instagram. For me, I'm, I do a lot of cannabis work, so I don't get that functionality because they hate Women getting high, no, they just, <laughs> marijuana is not federally legal yet. And, you know, advertisers, whatever. Um, so when that's the case, it's like you really need to make sure that you have like link, link tree or something where people can directly buy like posters, shirts, whatever. So that way you can actually like make a living as an artist because that's the whole point. Yeah. Um, I have this so that just I just, hero journey in my head all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just so lazy to create this hero. I know that I should. And I know that there is this thing. And I know that I have to lead the person to do this, this and that. Because it's pretty much the same way as you design the landing page, right? Because mm -hmm. there are always these, you know, the buttons, the links, even the copy, the copy of the landing page should lead to the person to actually click the beautiful button out there and just buy yeah. this thing. And same way, yeah, the same way for... Learn all of your manipulation tactics to make women <laughs> lose weight, quote unquote. Exactly. And, <laughs> and do it for yourself, you know, when it comes to your site, because that's the, that's the final presentation. Yeah. Right? This is just the, this is the small talk at the bar where your fucking, like, website is you giving the business card. Like, let's, let's like, have that kind of analogy. Um, that's why I think it's just, that's why I, I originally taught a class on social media and then my next class is going to be on how to use Squarespace specifically because most people can use it whether or not they have, you know, um, UI or UX knowledge mm -hmm. and then how to use Squarespace as an artist to attract clients and sell more products. So, I, you know what, I want to, I want to give it to you for free. Would you like that? Is that something you would like? The, God, either the social media, I don't think you need the website one since that's what you Jesus, Of course, like, I've been listening to the entire season of your... It's like, Dina, give me all your content. <laughs> what? You'll give, you'll give it to me for free. No, I think that you're like, you are perfect at teaching, seriously. And you, and oh, you already nice give away so much stuff for free. Like, I, I'm yeah. amazed because you, you're really, you're very generous. Well, you know, if you're kind to people, sometimes they're nice back, you know? Sometimes. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, some, no, I mean, sometimes it's, it, but that's not the expectation. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It, I feel like it's, it's definitely like a, a marketing tactic kindness. I mean, like, like, let's get real for a second. Like, oh, I, you know, having a, what is, what do they call it? A lead magnet for someone to sign up for your newsletter. Like, Hey, I'll give you 20% off in our store or I'll give you this free wallpaper set. It's like, you're being kind, but you're doing it to bribe someone to sign up for your newsletter so you can give them more promotional content. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> another so, manipulation so it's, it's all another manipulation yeah uh i mean it, it obviously comes from like a genuine place and i yeah. and i sometimes at my own peril give like you know i did like i accidentally gave away like five thousand dollars worth of giveaways while i was on vacation because i was feeling generous <laughs> i want I to be your friend <laughs> where it was like you know t-shirts and well not t-shirts yet but um because my shirt line is coming out soon but like posters and coaching sessions i had like 50 people on my schedule for like these uh, free 15 minute coaching sessions while I was on vacation. And my boyfriend's just looking at me like, what have you done? <laughs> like we're in Florida. Like it's, it's nice here and you're ruining it. <laughs> I'm like, but these people need my help. They don't even know how to post on Instagram, Rick. Can you imagine what that feels like? <laughs> they can't even post on Instagram because they have so much anxiety. <laughs> so I don't know. Like there's definitely like, it's, it's a manipulation, but also it's like, I just want to be, I just want to be nice. Um, but uh, here, this isn't about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> but I really appreciate that. I will give you, I'm going to give you a, it's like a thousand dollars worth of free uh, education because I charge $500 per class. So are you ready for a thousand dollars worth of free content? 
I, I just feel like there if I answer yes, either answer is going to be like not the right answer. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. The, the answer is yes. Okay, cool. All right. I'm excited for that. Um, all right. Next question. Oh, okay. so I think we only answered half that question. So like learning how you grew. So you went from now you're using like three programs now in your process. But yeah. Like, like what opportunities though have you found for yourself? Um, different actually, because originally when I just started doing the illustration, I registered on Fiverr. Um, because, oh, really? Yeah, because they banned me on Upwork. <laughs> and I they banned no... you on Upwork? Yeah, I actually had there an account for quite some time, but I haven't used it in a long time. And then they just banned me when I started talking to one client, and I didn't, I didn't even know why, because they told me that I broke the rules, but I wasn't sure what I did. Because I'm genuinely genuine, and I do spend time reading stuff to be able to be good at what I do. Um, so I decided to go to Fiverr, and I applied for a pro status out there, so that you can get a pro status where you won't really have to deal with the five dollars clients, you know. And oh, they are going. I've heard of pro status. I'm not a big. I've never even like looked at Fiverr since like 2001. <laughs> so yeah because to me um you know there are several reasons why i used it first because i wasn't still confident in doing illustration and i could still take clients for interface design you know like the thing which actually brought money because interface design i think everywhere is considered to be higher in price than illustration because at least over mm -hmm. here in russia a lot of clients they just don't understand what exactly they're paying for and any amount of money you name for an illustration is going to be so much money like you're just <laughs> you're just like sucking the money out of me it's just a picture <laughs> it's just a picture <laughs> it's just a picture there's nothing behind it just a picture <laughs> of course Crazy, yeah but yeah that's why i registered on fiverr because i just wanted to test it with clients who are not especially picky because oh well i'm so, such, such a bad person right now for saying that but there are a lot of clients who are not especially picky on patterns like this well um, they just want the thing they just want like, a thing they, you yeah. get what you pay for like they, like you're not they're not paying enough money to have like all these multiple concepts and it's yeah. like two-week project yeah so that makes sense exactly and i wasn't really charging like a lot of money i was just charging like above the five bucks of course <laughs> six <I> bucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um fiverr also takes like 20 percent off your order for providing clients right i'm um, sure yeah then like pretty much any platform i guess these days that's why yeah i was just putting the price which i'm comfortable with and mm -hmm. there were people who actually liked my style because that's when I just started. But my problem was that they were like, oh my God, I love your illustration. Can you do something like this? Which is like the opposite of it, right? So I'm just like, you know, imagine my illustrations, right? And then someone is asking me to draw something like hand-drawn pencil, <laughs> like uh. pattern full of, I don't know, pines and little flowers. And oh my like, God, that's so not your style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and yeah. But at the same time, there are so many confused people and me being a horrible manipulator person, I could just, you know, transfer. <laughs> We're all horrible manipulators, artists. Do you hear that? Like, We're all awful manipulators. <laughs> convert them to being my client regardless yeah. but i would sell them something which would be like you know meeting them halfway and then persuade them that it's a good thing actually what you're going to get and they were eventually quite happy uh but yeah it was a good start for me because um fiverr was ordering stuff in my style for their own office their own oh really yeah and That's they and they were promoting me pretty well. That's why I genuinely do advise to work on Fiverr as a pro seller if you can get this pro status, because mm -hmm. that that way you can actually make money. And especially if you come from a country where there is an inflation, like for example in Russia right now there is quite an inflation, and for me to get paid in dollars, it's 
you know, a comfortable life in here <laughs> right now. So um, yeah, and then I I stopped at some point. I actually stopped this year because I got sick of these clients who were asking me to do something else, not really my work. And I also started getting more proposals on Dribble and on Instagram. And those were genuinely more interesting money-wise and for my portfolio as well. So I stopped. So I still have an account there, but I did increase the prices to where I feel comfortable right now doing it. But just, of course, no one wants it. So this is good. <laughs> well, Fiverr is definitely like you're at a disadvantage. Like once you raise your prices, like you're, you shouldn't be on Fiverr anymore. Like, yeah. It, that, that's not the right platform. And there's so many like mixed arguments when people talk about Fiverr for designers. Like some people are in the position of like, no, artists should go on there. You're devaluing your work. Um, how dare you ruin the industry for the rest of the artists that are, you know, trying to get paid like a little bit more money, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, anybody who thinks that like no one should do this, this is not allowed. You're in the wrong. Like, I don't think I think you can't put yourself in someone else's shoes. I think there's nothing wrong with Fiverr. I think there's nothing wrong with Craigslist. I think there's nothing wrong with doing free work. It's whatever you need to do in order to get the experience that you need in order to charge more later on. Yeah. You know? So I just think it's like the industry is very judgmental and everyone's trying to get in line behind this one idea of what's the right way and the wrong way of going about being an illustrator. And that really pisses me off because like there's so many services and niches and, and jobs in this industry. Like who who are you, this <laughs> dictator of the industry that you just get to decide what's the right and wrong way for me? And especially like, you know, when you're talking to someone from a different country Especially, like, I've talked to people who are saying, like, oh, $40 for a commission, but they live in, like, a certain, you know, neighborhood in Africa. Yeah. And it's fucking a lot of money. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, it is for them. You have to, so you have to be, like, careful. Like, I'm looking at um, the transfer rate from Russian to a dollar. So, like, one U.S. dollar is 66.32 Russian rubles. Yeah. And yeah. there was a time not long ago where it was 33. <laughs> so really, yeah, it wow, it doubled. Like how long ago? Um, I think somewhere prior 2014 when the Crimea happened. And oh, so like four or five years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So right now it's much more expensive for people to travel because of that, of course. And of course they didn't like you know increase the salary rate much they over here. Doubled it. That's crazy. Almost, yeah. I mean, it, it's not the worst. The worst was pretty much 2015, I think. Right now, it's slowly getting lower and lower, but very, very slowly. I don't think that we're going to, at, a, at any point, get to where it was before before it happened. Yeah. I mean, if like all of a sudden the US dollar was two dollars and <laughs> the dollar was fifty cents, that would fuck a lot of people's lives up. Yeah. Like, I don't know if everyone, any, a lot of people would be moving out of the country. Um. So like. I, I don't know if you feel comfortable with this, but do you do you mind sharing some of your pricing that you had on Fiverr? Because I'm just curious. I'm not and judge. You're not going to get judgment from me. Oh, I'm not actually scared of that because I okay, cool. I am yeah, <laughs> I'm comfortable saying that. Yeah. People so I are was, like weird about it. So <laughs> so in pro you cannot charge less than 100 generally. So mm -hmm. when I was just studying, I and you can get like for example, you can establish three packages. Uh, selling your services so for example like a very simple illustration with like up to like two characters and very few objects uh something even less than the stationary static things which you which you saw in my early 
early works. I would say like starting at 100 because people always look at the starting price, right? And when it makes them feel comfortable, they are going to look into you at least, right? And oh, I see. Yeah. And so the middle package, I would make around maybe 250. And then I would go for a, like, you know, a pro one, which, which would be maybe like for 400 or something. But no one ever orders that. So at some point <laughs> I was keeping like the prices... Um, I don't know, we, they would stand away from each other equally. But then I, I did this thing where the middle one was very, very close to the last one, to the pro one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so that people would order the last one, which is the mo most expensive one. But yeah, generally I would have orders at from 300 to maybe 700, depending on what they needed. Mm -hmm. But sometimes where I would have a lot of sm bad. small ones, for, for example, like 150, um, it would still be constant. So there would always be money going into my account, which I needed, so the flow. Um, and mm -hmm. that was good. Cannot complain. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fine. Like, the only thing that really fucking, I will say the one thing that does piss me off about yeah. people who price is people who do these commissions for like 30 bucks on Instagram. That's the only thing that like, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to draw this and I'm going to draw you as this character with your dog in the mountains for $30. And I'm like, what? Like, unless you're like 15 or something, like, because I've definitely like, I would draw on, uh, we have these knee high converse that came out in like the early 2000s. And I would charge 50 bucks to draw all over them for people in my, like my school. It was like the first illustration <laughs> job, I guess you could say I had. Um, and I look back at now, I'm like, that was, Dina, you did like 20 hours of work on these fucking people's <laughs> shoes for $50. <laughs> and you had homework and tests. <laughs> uh, like you had shit to do. You didn't have time to do that shit. Um, well, I think it so, has to do with age too, maybe. Because, yeah. and the level of anxiety a person has. Because there are a lot of people who don't know how to value themselves. And it doesn't really always go to work, but also their personal, you know, their self self esteem, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it gets better as you age, thankfully. Yeah, that is true. Like, I, there is something to be said with like the confidence factor. Like, oh, yeah. if I start doing these twenty dollars logos, um, then maybe I'll get so good at logos that I'll feel more confident to charge what I'm worth. But when you don't know what your worth is and you're just starting out, I think it's totally fine to do free work, discounted work, whatever. Like. When I first moved to Portland and I was trying to get into like more hand lettered logo designs, that was like, what, that was my jam. I would, I don't even touch logos anymore. <laughs> so it's like, wow, I, I have changed quite a bit in the last seven years. Me um, neither. I did like an Indiegogo campaign, which is like the rival to Kickstarter because Kickstarter uh, dis disapproved my campaign. <laughs> I wanted it to be on Kickstarter. So we had like changed the video and move all the Kickstarter logos. I was so pissed. Um, so I did this like Indiegogo campaign that was $20. It was a hundred logos in a hundred days. So I was trying to do this like crazy, like, you know, sort of like a 365 project, but like doing logos. And I, I really just wanted to get the experience. So I just did them for 20 bucks, tw like legit, Ooh. like just $20 logos. Yeah, I did that. That happened. <laughs> um, I only got 30 people, which is so sad. Like I was like, I'm going to do 100 logos in 100 days. And 30 people were only willing to give me 20 bucks per logo. Like. <laughs> okay <laughs> like so like like no one wants your stinky $20 logo Dina. but logo is even worse than illustration because illustration is at least big you know it can be big logo is always small <laughs> yeah 
And logos are so much harder because you have to like really stare at fucking like two words for two weeks. Just like, yeah. is it perfect? <laughs> like, can you read it at small sizes? Can you read it against a black background? Can you read it against a red background? What about if it's used for social media? How small can it? Blah, like all the things. Yeah. Um, that's why I don't do them anymore. I much rather do like a really complicated detail piece. So that way you can't see the mistakes because there's so much to look at. That's like my, that's like my kind of thing. Um, and, but I, you know, you, sometimes you just got to make the mistakes and that really like launched me to like, oh, I have things in my portfolio now. I can upload things to Instagram. If you scroll all the way down, all the way down to my Instagram, it'll take you a while. But once you do, you'll see some of those logos. Um, I'll do and that. So it's like, yeah, fucking do it. They're really bad. <laughs> <laughs> they got there what they, what they were worth. A lot of them were like customized fonts because I just got lazy. <laughs> Towards the end, I'm like, all right, I'm at 15. Fuck this. <laughs> like, like here's this font. I changed a little. <laughs> um, I kerned it for you. Um, but I do like, I'm not, I, I, there is a sense of shame, I will admit, to like admit, it, like to saying that. But at the end of the day, like it really helped me. So, like, who's to say that's wrong or right? Yeah, I think there's no shame in anything. I generally yeah. consider everything to be part of the experience, part of the process, and you always learn something, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to, I don't know, like, be more inclusive, I guess, to the industry. And I just never want anyone to feel like there's not enough room for them in here. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, how could I? Because it's like, you if you start day one, start drawing, there's no way you can start charging like what I charge. Like, and I've been doing this for so long. Like, that wouldn't make sense. That That would be unfair to the client. But, you know, so, like, do what you think is right, I guess. Right? Yeah. Man, we're going to some really good tangents in this episode. I like it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I've asked you three of my eight questions that I had planned. <laughs> and we've been recording for, like, almost an hour. That's what's up. Okay. That's what it's like to have a conversation with me, guys. Okay. So, here's – I think this is a good uh, next question. So, what advice do you think you would give to someone who is, like, over 25? Like, they didn't they didn't, you know – have a direct path after high school to like go to art school and like get the internship and they're just starting from scratch like trying to get into illustration <laughs> okay my my advice would, would probably sound horrible after you said that because i would oh. say spend time on getting to know yourself first <laughs> <laughs> and i think it can actually be applied to trying to get into any other profession because i would generally advise to just you know go figure out what you like what you want what you don't want um, take up hobbies, go on dates, get married, divorce, travel. Well, do pretty much everything because um, all these experiences and not work-related things, they're going to give you confidence and eliminate a big chunk of anxiety and frustration that comes with making a career switch, I, I genuinely think. And this is my advice because um, at least I would apply it here in my country for my mentality because I have noticed that these days we have these you know, high productivity vibe happening everywhere. So everyone's <laughs> yeah. just like feeling responsible of being productive all the time. And especially in this gap between 20 and 30 years, um, at least in the Western countries, um, I'm not speaking about everyone, but there is a tendency to dedicate this time to building up a career. And I can see so many young, cool, ambitious people who are aiming to working in amazing companies, you know, developing skill sets. But when I talk to them, sometimes I just feel like you have spent so much time and effort on developing your skill set, but you have spent so little time on developing your personality because mm -hmm. emotional intelligence is very important because in the end of the day, especially in illustration, your personality is the thing which you put 
in your work and which defines your work. And if you are in illustration at some point, you will probably have to develop your style. And yeah. if, if you don't want to copy someone else's work and be authentic, this should be like coming from your inside. Because I, I don't want to speak badly about illustrators who do copy someone else's styles or who are the ones who follow trends. Because um, they spend time, you know, nailing this style and I can respect them for doing that. But I think it's so much easier to burn out like this when you don't have anything coming from the inside which drives you and makes it a fun process for you. So yeah, I generally think that do you <laughs> first and then do illustration afterwards. Yeah, so I, I can hear someone's question and be like, well, what do I do for work? Like, do I just um, get like a normal job and then I just like have a life and then... Is 30 the magical year that I'm allowed to start doing illustration? I could see some people maybe taking issue. Like, even yeah. though what you said was totally true. <laughs> um, but I think if we put it into, like, more tangible steps, maybe it would be a little bit more actionable. Uh, yeah, maybe. Because to me, um, I'm speaking as a person who has the design education. Um, my education is, you know, programming more, more technical than design. Um, mm -hmm. But I started working, like you know, as a actually at first I was a consultant at a board game store, <laughs> while oh, really? while at the same time being an the assistant. Board game store. Yeah, it was my part time job because I was doing I was being an assistant web designer, uh, so I was mm -hmm. working with a web designer who was cool and also someone who was you know slapping my hands when I wasn't doing things right <laughs> and messing up the okay. grid. But yeah, I genuinely think that any work is. Is work and is an experience and I don't and I'm not ashamed of saying yes I was selling board games for a living for quite some time after after graduating um, so I genuinely feel like people people cannot just like sit there right and do nothing <laughs> like all this time they still do something but I genuinely think that when you when you want to take up a career it's going to save you so much time so much more time and energy of doing it like when you are yourself in a good space like a balance personally and I'm and God, I'm speaking like a therapist here. <laughs> I mean, hey, that I mean, art and feelings are connected. Yeah, you know, like you can't talk about one without the other. I know it feels like a little odd, but like, and also like, we're women. Like, we're allowed to talk about our feelings. Um, yeah, yes, but career change is like it's such a stressful process always. Yeah, of course. And mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of a lot of women they do get, go crazy. Like, oh my God, what I do now. Um, how can I talk to this person? I genuinely think that the moment you are confident talking to people and saying no to people, um, because I think that saying no is very important and doing that, yeah. especially if you do it already later in your age, because people are going to still look at your age, right? They will understand that they're not dealing with like a baby here. Um, and they would probably expect some adult conversation. And I think that if you start showing these signs of being this shaky, uh, very inconfident person, uh, it's not going to help you. Uh, feel good about what you what you take up. Oh God, yeah. help help me out here. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm trying to like let you like finish your thoughts because you're saying some really interesting. You're making some points here. Um, so like some advice I always give to other people just to make it like again like a bit more tangible is um, some people they're just like I want to be an artist and so they think just posting something anything on Instagram is putting that check okay and that to do list and I think that they're thinking about it all wrong. I think it's much more important. I think it's fine to use other people's work for reference because you have to try everything in order to know like what you like and what you don't like. And then that's how you find your style. Um, some people, they take a different approach where they're just like drawing, trying to draw from their imagination as much as possible first. And then they look at reference to like, you know, help bridge the gaps that they're like, where does the eyeball on the horse go? Like just stupid shit like that. Um, 
or their style is changed uh, because maybe they they feel like they don't they don't have the skill yet to do like high fidelity, really realistic illustrations. So they'll go like lowbrow or minimalistic or something. Um, but I do think the point that needs to be made here is you should be drawing from your own experience when it comes to what you draw. Oh, yeah. Always. Um, instead of just being like, you know, lettering, for example, is so hard with this, um, like with my industry, um, where people just see a phrase that, you know, five other fucking lettering artists drew and they just draw that same phrase in their own style and they think that they made something original. Um, I think when it comes to lettering, like as a specific example, like the most important thing about that whole thing is what you're saying with those letters. So it's like your lettering skills don't even have to be very good, to be honest. Um, but as long as there's deep meaning in what you're saying with those words, you could, you know, get a yeah. shit ton of followers, you can get a bunch of clients, because it's really all about how you see the world, what's your artistic expression in your work. Um, but when it comes to illustration, right, you have to guess what that work means. So I do think that lettering artists have like a little bit of a level up when it comes to uh, lettering artists, especially when it comes to like shareability. Mm-hmm. Like our work is naturally going to get shared more because people identify with it a lot easier. Um, a lot of illustrators now are like having to add captions or like little pieces of text. So that way they can have like that meme format, but like beautifully illustrated meme format. But with illustrators and you're just drawing like people or places or things or like, you know, like your style where it's just kind of like, you know, chaos and all these different <laughs> characters. And it's like not representational at all. Um, that you <laughs> well just like take a second to be like, well, what's the point of this? Like, why did I make this? What's the goal? Instead of just being like piecing together other people's ideas to make your own work. I don't know. What do you think? I generally think that there are just so many different approaches. Like, for example, I didn't spend hours looking at tutorials. I didn't spend hours analyzing someone else's work. Um, I genuinely think that every person who, for whatever reason, decides to become an illustrator, there is always this reasoning. And I think that they should think about it all the time when they start drawing. Um, because like, if you want to be an illustrator because you see someone else creating some cool work and you want to do exactly that, I don't think that this is a good reason to do illustration. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. Um, yeah, I I didn't really spend much time. I was just like drawing vases, fucking vases, like, you know, like on the first Mm -hmm. course of the university, still life. And then I created, like, I was drawing the shapes and then I saw that they're, oh, okay, they look like people. And then they just, like, all started from there and I started sharing them on social media and I already had an established Dribbble account by then because I used to use it for my interface design, but then I decided Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to show it to anyone anymore because shame. (laughs) So I started, I started posting my illustrations and there was a good response and also joining a group on Dribbble helped me a lot because mm-hmm. uh, when you ju- there are a lot of groups on Dribbble with different purposes so the HiWow group which I am a part of on Dribbble it's more like a collaboration in terms of giving critiques on your work group mm-hmm. and I think that this is a good one for someone who just starts and there are a lot of groups like this so it helps especially if there are other illustrators who are just studying and if you want to feel this support um, go for it this is an amazing way to do networking too, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like, yeah, everyone's got their own opinions about like the best ways to get into the industry. I just think like, I, I think something that we can all agree on is like, don't trace other people's work. Yeah. <laughs> That's never a good idea. If you are doing that, never publish it ever, ever. Even if you credit them, it, it's stealing. Don't do that. Um, it's fun. Like everyone, like, you know, like I had like a Mickey Mouse 
Disney book when I was a kid that taught me how to draw Mickey Mouse, but I would never like post that on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like with character design, like books and those kinds of things. Um, Mickey was the first guy I ever drew. Special connection, me and that dude. Um, <laughs> Sweet. Steamboat Willie. Um, I'm so excited for his the copyright to be up in the next 30 years for Disney. I'm mm-hmm. gonna do some. I'm gonna do some weird Dis- Mickey Mouse illustrations. It's gonna be great. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, because I like how fun is it gonna be that like it's just up for grabs, like all of the original like Mickey Mouse characters, and anybody can just do whatever they want without having to worry about copyright infringement. Does it go for? Inspired. Does it go for all the characters of Disney? Uh, all the original characters, because it was like, what was it, nineteen, early 1930s that mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie came out, something like that. And um, it was supposed to expire um, a few years ago, like like 10 years ago or something. And then they created a law, something like the Digital Copyright Act or something like that. And that extended it an additional 30 years. Um, and then those 30 years are going to be up in 20. So, oh. Cool. So they're like trying to, and don't quote me. I'm sure those like numbers are slightly off, but more around those lines. Um, So that's something I'm excited about. But I'm just saying like, (laughs) that's the wrong way to go about it. But like something that's helped me, like making sure that my work is more original is I like journal a lot. And I have uh, this other podcast that I started (laughs) because I want more podcasts. How many podcasts can I have? Um, where it's like, my, it's called my secret art diary that I do on Patreon for like, it's mostly for the lettering community, but anyone's more than welcome to listen. It's a dollar and you get like three or four episodes a week. It's very like, it's just like sure, talking about my feelings and that kind of thing. Um, and that has really helped me explore like deeper subject matters in my work. Not only like saying my thoughts out loud, but writing them down beforehand and then drawing from my own experience versus like, oh, I like this, 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 and this on Instagram. I'm going to take that person's hair with this person's quote, with this person's blot like color palette and I feel like that's how a lot of artists work and mesh yeah like they Frankenstein stuff together mm-hmm. and I think that's uh carried over from the design world um because there's so many like that I've met that maybe it's, it's people who have similar stories run in similar circles maybe it's that kind of thing where like we started as graphic designers and then we bled into like we bled <laughs> we fucking got stabbed in the heart <laughs> So that way we can make less money. Um, and then we went into illustration. So you have all those ethics for design to art, but they're not the same thing. Like one's about your expression. The other is serving a goal for a client. So it's like both of those things can be combined for commercial illustration. But when you're just getting into illustration, it needs to be about your own perspective. Yeah. For sure. Um, so so this is a good conversation. Thank you for being on this podcast. Mm, it's my pleasure, really. I, you're, I'm you're loving so it. Fun. I love you, and your accent's fun to hear. <laughs> is it very Russian? I don't, I don't. I don't know. Actually, know what a Russian accent sounds like? That's not like racist. That's like some old guy with like a big nose who's just like coughed his like coughed his whole life. That smoked <laughs> his whole life, but probably coughed as well. No, um, no, no. It's fine because. But like a, a, but like a woman's voice, like, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm just not like uh, exposed to a lot of like Russian culture or TV or movies or something. <laughs> I could talk like this, you know? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> like you need to sound like the main character from, um, oh, I had it in my head and then it's gone. The wrestling movie Glow. Oh, yeah. Zoya the Destroyer. I love her. Really like it. Fucking get that Zoya cap on. (laughs) This is such a great show. And, you know, normally I'm skeptical because um, 
you know, Hollywood keeps producing these movies where, you know, Russians are kind of like stereotypically evil and they have this sort of accent. And I'm like, oh, come on, stop that already. And I'm not speaking about like Hollywood because in Russia, our cinematographer does the same thing about like Americans, you know, this Cold War yeah. shit, which is very annoying. But when I saw The Glow, I was like, oh my God, this is the first show where I'm actually loving it because it's so appropriate and it's so fun. Yeah, t- yeah. totally cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? Like when you did that accent, I'm like, there it is. Now I hear it. Like in, in my ears, hearing yours, it almost sounds Spanish to me. Oh, um, cool. I mean, like, but I'm Spanish. So I just think everything sounds Spanish. So like if I try to do a French accent, it sounds like a Spanish accent. Like, it, like it, I'm a broken person. <laughs> like I just don't. Because Spanish was technically my first language as a kid. But then um, my parents uh, got divorced when I was two. And my mom thought like I was talking shit about her. <laughs> Yeah, so she's like, how do I know you're not talking shit about me? <laughs> and, like, my dad was out of the picture for, like, a, like a little like a little bit while my mom was getting, like, figured out or whatever. So I lost it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I can understand it, I can read it, but I can't say it. Or else I sound like I'm, like, a two-year-old. Like, very limited <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> um, so that kind of, like, goes into, like, I have that accent anytime I try to do a accent whatsoever. I love um, Spanish. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, right? it's so fun i need to relearn it I, i've tried like 20 times <laughs> it's easy and though it just, i feel like it is an easier language than like russian or like fucking japanese <laughs> or something like that but um it's my brain just doesn't retain it you know if you don't use it you lose it oh yeah this is I, true unless i like go to because something i do want to do later in my life is move to puerto rico um because that's where my family's from mm-hmm. and that's where my dad is right now and my uncle and cousins and stuff and uh it would just be so nice just to live there for like a year or two and then just relearn the language, hang out on the island, the very tiny island. I don't think people quite realize how small Puerto Rico is. Like you can drive around the circumference of Puerto Rico in like 90 minutes. Oh, wow. It's, it's really not, tiny. It's not, a, it's not a big island. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why like, we, you know, when all the shit went down with Puerto Rico and the hurricanes, it's like, come on, there's not even like, it's a small island. Like just help them. <laughs> like just give them a couple like carriers or something. Jesus. Um, it's not like it's the whole state of Texas or something. Like, it's this little fucking island of people that are trapped and literally can't get to the states unless they go on a boat or a plane and, like, help them. Um, but I'm rambling. Okay, so let's talk about failure, like that joke I just made. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So what has been your biggest failure so far as an illustrator? Oh. <laughs> no big deal or anything. Okay. Um, you know, the thing is that I am such a broken person. I don't perceive anything as a failure. That's why I can't really think of that one. That doesn't make you broken. That makes you beautiful. Like, yeah, what are you like, talking about? Like, did, did I, I think... like, yeah, but did I have people not pay me the full amount while I did the job? Yes. And but, but that happens all the time when you say to cut someone a slack on signing a contract or anything else. And it was my mistake. But I don't really think of it as a failure because I still got to practice my craft, right, while doing the work. Um, I mean, of course, it didn't help that I didn't get paid, <laughs> but um, yeah. I genuinely believe that failures are about your own way of looking at it as failures. Um, I think I've genuinely had a pretty smooth ride so far as an illustrator, but that's probably because I have a you know an experience dealing with similar clients from my design years. Because mm-hmm. if I were I don't know a carpenter, <laughs> I would probably or I don't know a music teacher and trans- transferring to illustration, it would probably not be as smooth. That's why yeah. I don't really have as many things to complain about. Um, but at the same time, it's very liberating because um, if there are potentially stressful clients writing me, I just don't sign up for a job, even though I might still need money. But I prefer to say no 
um, and not to work with them if I know that it's going to result into a failure. So I kind of like have this, you know, seventh sense, whatever, eighth mm. sense for that. <laughs> and just avoid it. Yeah. No, I mean, like de- failure is just a part of any job. Like you're going to fail. Like you're, oh, of course. You're, fa- you're, a, you're a flawed human being. Like you're going to fuck something up. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, but that's how you learn, right? Um, and I th- feel like in our society that we put too much pressure on failures, mm-hmm. to be honest, where it's like, you know, if you don't get a thousand likes on an image on Instagram, you're a failure. Um, if you put your work on your web portfolio website and no one, ca- no clients called you, you're a failure. And like, they'll just, and then nothing will happen. They're like, oh, it didn't work. I tried. And, like, I guess I'll yeah. go back to work at my other day job that I hated. It's like, what, what, what? No, like you have to fail. And so that way you can figure out, well, what happened here? Was it a breakdown in, in client communication? Is there something I could have added to my contract that was a little bit easier to read that could have prevented this issue happening with the client? Like if something happens with a client, I always blame myself because I'm the professional. They're the customer. Yeah. I'm not saying like the customers can't be assholes. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, I'm not saying the customer's always right. But no, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying like there's things that you can learn for, from when you're working with clients. So that way you can get paid on time. So that way you can make it an easier ride. So there's less revisions, all the good stuff. And then even taking it outside of client work, like with social media, like I always ever take everything back to social media because that's like the one thing people are like, how the fuck do I do it? Um, where it's like, hey, if a post doesn't do well, don't let it get to you. It's about, okay, well, why didn't it work? Was it the time of day? Was it the hashtags? Maybe the content, maybe there's not enough saturation. Maybe you spent so much time working on the details of this piece really big on your big desktop computer that you didn't test to see what it looked like on a phone. And it turns out no one can read the thing that you just made or no one can, there's so much detail, no one can tell what's in, what's in it. Yeah. Like that, that that happens constantly. Maybe you should have included a carousel post so that you could have shown zoom-ins next time. Or maybe that color palette didn't have enough contrast and it totally washed out your character. Like there's things to learn from, but if we don't take that pause to figure it out, then you're never going to learn from it. And then you're just going to keep literally making the same mistake over and over and over again and not knowing what what's wrong because you're not taking that extra step to like look at your analytics if you have a business account on Instagram or, or on any other platform for that matter. Where it's like, okay, how can I improve? And then also looking back to see what worked and then trying to create a recipe for success. Like, okay, if I do this kind of content with this kind of caption, with this kind of thing for this kind of day, those posts do better. It's like, it's just the science to it. Same thing with your portfolio, same thing with working with clients. It's all just a learning experience. And that to me helps get rid of like a lot of the anxiety that's around failure. It's like, it's not permanent. It's just a part of the process. This is true. Like, you know, I, I'm listening to you. I feel like I'm talking to a priest. You make me want to confess. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm taking my words back. I fail every day. But it just, I guess it just has to do with the fact that I just don't care as much. So I don't really, yeah. I, I generally maybe just try to move all the stress away from myself these days. That's why like if I do something, it doesn't work out. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm not just an illustrator. You know, I have other things to do <laughs> with my life. <laughs> just like one of my, you know, um, whatever I am. Uh, but yeah, God, I love listening to you. Talk more. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, well, it's been a while since we've recorded the podcast and we're doing this in a weird order. Like you're the first person I'm interviewing for season two, but your episode doesn't come out until after I've interviewed, um, this other illustrator named Kelly mm-hmm. that I'll be talking to, I hope later today. Um, so it's like doing it in a weird order. Um, but she only, she already did an illustration of like the number of her episode and I already made her do it over once. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make you do it again. <laughs> So it's like a really weird um, uh, strain of things. But it's been 
Like, so I'm just like, I have a lot to say because it's been so long since I've had an opportunity to say it. Yeah. So that's this is good. I'm a little extra like enthusiastic. And also we're audio only now. So I don't have to worry about what I look like. Like I literally just woke up. <laughs> I was this fucking, I was just so happy interview. because I just did my brows yesterday and my forehead is fucking red. And I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> this audio. <laughs> People just be like, why is your brow mad at me? <laughs> it's like, it looks angry. Um. Yeah, it just takes the pressure off too when people aren't worrying about what they look like. Regard like women, men, anybody. Like, oh, it's audio only. Like, cool. You just have to watch out for your smacks and drinking and whatever. But for the most part, it's pretty. It's pretty uh, easy going. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So here, let's think about the future. Uh-huh. All right. We're talking about failure. We're talking about how you got where you are. How you made the switch from design to illustration. But wh- what's next? You know, like where do you see yourself in like I don't. Know, let's think really far, like the next decade into Ooh, the future. Okay. Well, definitely still self-employed. I'm just not a good fit for offices. In fact, that's just like... Yes, me too. I'm broke. No, I'm like, no one should ever hire me again. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) At an office situation. Please hire me for client work. (laughs) I just feel so miserable in there. But yeah, I just don't want to do that. Well, I see myself, you know, like I'm doing my brand. I'm doing my products. I'm doing everything like you are doing it because you're doing so many things. And I want to become this person with which has like 10 hands to do stuff so i'm going to be <laughs> cultivating growing these 10 hands to be able to to do everything i want to do but yeah you know i want to write a book definitely um i have always had a thing for writing and i'm currently trying to to work on it in my on the medium i have started a blog in english it's my very first blog in english um cool and yeah i have a goal to like you know, write one post per per month this year. But illustration-wise, yeah, I just want to be working with big clients, cool clients. Um, and I want to probably be like an outsource illustrator, not the one who works in a company like on a daily basis, but the one yeah, who maybe freelance. yeah gets invited to do some fun projects so that I can enjoy my work, hopefully, and not feel miserable in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, with my fluidity and greed uh, for learning new things, I cannot guarantee that i really want to be an illustrator like in 10 years i probably still want to do illustration but i'm sure there's going to be like you know five years from now there's going to be something i find super interesting and i'm going to dig into it and i'm like i don't know belly dancer you never know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i always get uh i don't know um mixed feelings when people ask me about like what do you want to do in the future because it's like i don't know (laughs) I don't even know if I'm still going to be an artist. I know that I'll always make art, but I, for me, I want to come up with a backup plan for like my body breaking down. You know what I mean? Like my hands, like most artists are going to have arthritis. Like it's going to happen. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not a a matter of like, Oh, maybe like, no, you're going to get it. Like any, like if you're a runner, your knees are going to give out. You know what I mean? If you're a football player, you're going to break bones. You might have to like get some surgery. Like it's just part of what happens. Um, So it's like if I can't draw with my right hand anymore because it hurts too much when I'm like, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, I don't know um, what's going to happen to me. (laughs) Like I want to have, you know, I don't want to have to work at a normal day job. And like, what does that even entail? I don't think the future is going to like, let me just plug in like the matrix and just like think my way through an illustration in Photoshop, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to have to still use my hands. So I I honestly see myself in like a couple different paths. Maybe this will inspire you for your own path. I don't know. Um, I have this idea of creating like an artist in residence. Um, Like I'm moving to Michigan in a few months uh, because I just want to have my rent be cheaper. Like that's really the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's everything's really expensive here in Portland. And um, 
yes, there's really good local opportunities here and creative networks and stuff, but um, I just want to be, I want to go somewhere and I want to create a, a creative community versus just being another artist in a creative community, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and like the neighborhood we're thinking about moving, like they're losing the population. Like there's 20,000 people who leave like every oh, wow. year. Yeah. So it's like um, people are piecing out because there's no like factories, like a lot of uh, bi- like businesses are closing up, kind of like um, a Detroit situation. Um, and that I find is fascinating. It's like, okay, well, freelancers, we can make money anywhere. Like I can still charge Portland rates while living in a town where my rent's only $300 a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that kind of potential of like the the standardized of living, like I feel like that's really attractive to artists and we don't leave the house anyways. Like who cares if it's snowing? Like I don't fucking care. Like I'm just going to go from like house to car to house. The same thing going in Florida. Like I'm melting fucking house to car to house. Like I'm never outside anyways. Like I don't really care about that stuff. I'll get a sun lamp. It's fine. I'm in Portland. I forgot what the sun looks like anyways. Um, And... I just think it would be so interesting to be like, what if I created a community of all like freelance illustrators and designers and creatives where our rent was cheap, where we immediately went from like, you know, lower class to middle class or middle class to upper class. Um, And then having like all the educational um, footing there beforehand, like having like workshops and instead of, you know, people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school, they can just take a very specific class on something that they'll learn that'll help them more specifically with their goals in mind. That's something I always thought would be really fun. Whether that looks like a retail shop with like an apartment building on top where there's like, you know, 10 apartments or something. Or maybe we take women of illustration to the next level and we thought about like, you know, giving artists X amount of dollars to pay for them for the usage rights of their artwork to sell on products to then donate those proceeds to like charities, um, like things that still have to do with art, but aren't actually me in the act of making the art, like supporting the community. Oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. So so it's like <laughs> those things really interest, interest me. Like I always want to make art, but I think the older that I get, I, the further and further away I get from client work, because it's like, you're just getting rid of boundaries, like not boundaries, you're getting rid of rules i guess i'm trying to think of a better word here i feel like i'm not being like the most eloquent version of myself but that's okay i've only had one cup of coffee so far uh (laughs) i need at least 12 to to make a functional sentence uh because i have a problem um and also the coffee here is so good uh so it's just hard for me to like don't tell me what to do (laughs) like i just don't (laughs) i just want to be in charge of like that's why i think products are such a smart idea for for uh, artists nowadays, if we look at examples of like uh, Timothy Goodman, and this is lettering, uh, Adam JK is like the example I always use where, you know, what he does, what they do looks seemingly simple where like it's doodles or just handwriting or something. But when clients hire them, they're not hiring them like, oh, just do this in this style for me. It's like, no, they, it's a collaboration. It's Adam JK and American Express. It's Adam JK and Nike. Yeah. It's not, oh, here's this artwork by Nike. You know what I mean? Like, that, I think, is cool. That is the transition I've been seeing when it comes to, like, how artists are being hired. I know I'm, like, getting on a crazy tangent now, but it's just something that I I, I honestly just try to say a lot. I'm like, hey, guys, you don't have to, like, conform to do a certain style for a client. Like, you should have your own style, and that's why they hire you. 
Like, but that should be the point. I think that you're actually saying pretty amazing things because I often have these um, ideas in my in my head about like you know I have to make myself as a brand because I'm cool, okay? <laughs> and I think because I'm cool, that's the reason. And I think this is the right thing to do because it pays off and it can pay off in so many ways. And sometimes you don't even know the ways it's going to eventually pay off because I I genuinely think that illustration you know is kind of like a reflection of being yourself. But there are so many other ways to to create this mm-hmm. reflection and once you build all these ways of reflecting your coolness people are going to come to you <laughs> and ask for stuff and sometimes they're going to ask for stuff which is not connected to illustration at all or like can you just like tell me about all these things and i'm going to pay you for that or can you just like help me i don't know do this and i'm going to pay you for that because mm-hmm. i know that you know about this right um you know i'm probably not communicating it clearly enough um, yeah you're saying like you know you provide education instead of you know drawing is that what you're saying as part of because but there are, yeah. there can be like you know endless possibilities because uh sometimes people create possibi- possibilities for you which you don't know of because for example for example the way i got into human resources was like the guy who was the owner of the company he was like you really are good with people i'm like yeah i know want to be my want to be my hr manager we are currently recruiting like aggressively i'm like yeah why not do you know anything about recruiting like no but i'm very quickly at learning like quick at learning i I did that and it was amazing experience so i genuinely think that you should to be always open to possibilities this is good and i probably will try to keep my mind open in the future too yeah i don't know like keep in mind like you you've been doing this for like a year right like yeah. full time for a year. Were you dabbling on in illustration before that though? Mm, I like was in your day job or not so much. Uh, not so much actually. I was an icon designer, so I was still like you know drawing something, but it still mm. was icons and icons are quite different because there's different goals for icons and the way they are supposed to look on the website, especially or an app. Um, mm-hmm. But I wasn't really drawing as drawing, and honestly, the the way I chose my education was I was mainly programming at first in high school and I was looking for something which would have this RT feel to it. I didn't really want to do like mathematics, programming, physics. Oh my God, no, makes me want to vomit. Sorry, (laughs) but it's okay. (laughs) But yeah, and when I had these painting classes and drawing classes in the very beginning of my my studying, I was feeling so miserable at them because it's just like nothing was right. Everything I was drawing, it's just like, I, I feel like my, we have an expression in Russian, hands growing out of your ass. That's my hands, okay? <laughs> like I, just, I just cannot create with my <laughs> Nothing was right. But yeah, it just changed. I, I think because in my daily job, I was analyzing a lot of artworks as well. Sometimes I would like look at the interface that would have illustrations in it. And it sometimes just happens one way or the, or the other. You don't really focus on it consciously, but on the back of your hand, you do analyze and you kind of learn. That's why when I'm currently drawing, I really don't feel like this miserable person who doesn't know anything, even though I didn't really practice illustration. Mm. That's so interesting. Um, so it's like you've been doing this for years. So it's like you don't even know yet. Like, like yeah. you haven't gone through the phases. Uh, like most illustrators, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, of course, but like for my experience, at least, it's like I just get bored so easily. That's why my like if you look in my work, my style keeps changing constantly. Cause I'm like, all right, I literally can't just draw phrases of letters. I'm so fucking bored. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can only do so much with letters. And like, once I like, I was teaching, I have like 23 hand lettering workbooks. So you can learn 23 fucking styles of lettering. Like I've written, I got published by another book 
fucking place that I'm not going to get into, but it was a published book. And then <laughs> like, you know, teaching lettering and doing all this stuff. And I'm just like bored of it. And then I started incorporating, okay, maybe I'll start doing portraits. Like that was like something I was really, really passionate about when I was in high school. That was my concentration in my AP art class. And like when I was a senior was, was portraits. Oh, and it's something that you would be like, oh, Dean, like at the time, like Dina draws people. like what um and then when i started like uh this babe meme project where i was essentially taking really popular memes and boiling them down to like the emotional core and then uh illustrating a woman that's like like you know saying or feeling or thinking that statement um and it, it like it took off like gangbusters people like i got all these followers so it's like you never know what like the future is going to hold. You don't know like what style is going to happen. Like you could be doing something now that's going to be completely different in a year, two years, five years, 10 years. Um, yeah. But I think it's just like be open. Like don't feel like the only person that's going to prevent you from success is really yourself. You know, like telling yourself that you're not good enough, telling yourself that, um, oh, I, I couldn't, there's no way I could get that kind of work or there's no way I could make a living from products why would I start a podcast? Like, why would anyone listen to what I have to say? Like, those are the thoughts that are going to hurt you the most versus like any, what anyone else can say to you. Um, so it's just like, don't limit yourself. Like I, f- I find like my best success stories are when I did something for, just for me, just to see what would happen. And then it took off versus me trying to make something specifically for someone else to enjoy. turns out no one liked it because I didn't even like it myself. I was trying too hard to follow a trend or... Um, listening to one person's advice a little bit too much and it like totally blew up my face and I wasted years doing something I didn't even like because I thought it was what I was supposed to do so it's like something like just keep your mind open is like the easy <laughs> the easy answer nothing is uh, impossible the future. yeah nothing <laughs> is impossible like you, you wouldn't know unless you try yeah. fail fail hard and, and learn from it and see what happens but you won't know unless you try and like this is why like, I can honestly say, like, I have no regrets in my life and not one. Yeah, like, I every- think, yeah, this is the right way to do that because yeah. we always have to make a choice, right? And there's always like, I kind of think of there's an alternative reality where I chose this, but why I would think about it, I'm having this reality. I get to live this life, right? So mm-hmm. I just like make a choice and then I'm just going to figure it out. So that's why I never have this fear of losing a job, for example. It's also yeah. pretty much about that. Like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm like, I got fired a lot. <laughs> like when I had a day job like, as a designer, I got fired from every job. I had like six, six to seven jobs a year for th- like three or five years. Like I just, it was, it was a mixture of like, uh, I didn't care. <laughs> and, uh, like being an asshole, like feeling like I was entitled, but also mostly cause no one was listening to me. Like I ha- I really felt like I had no voice or power at any job I ever had. No one let me talk t- in a boardroom meeting. No one uh, gave me a shot. And it really, and I think it really hurt me. And I just, uh, I just gave up on myself. And so I like, you know, stopped giving it. I would show up late. I'd leave early. I would have mistakes in my work. And I, I and for like the, for years and years and years, I was like, oh, it's just me. I'm just an asshole. And then it wasn't until like maybe like this year that I'm like, no, it was because like I was being silenced. I wasn't allowed to enjoy my job. Yeah. Well, it's just you're just a production monkey. You don't even get to be creative in something that is a creative role. Like that, like what's the point? <laughs> I did the same thing actually, but I fired myself 
pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> like I, I, I did it. I still tried my best, right? But I was like, you know, silently observing the situation, understanding like, okay, this is fucked up. I'm just go. I'm just going to go. And I would just like come, come to the boss and say, bye. <laughs> just like, I love that. It's like, I didn't quit. I fired myself. <laughs> I fired myself. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So before we wrap up this episode, I always like to ask this question, which is um, like, if there's anything I can help you personally with is like, is there, what are you struggling with the most r- right now as an artist? Mm, well, right now I'm mostly struggling with not being able to do the planning because I'm sort of like a control freak person and I like having these little goals set up for me to get me somewhere awesome. Mm. Um, and right now, because I'm moving and because I'm not going to have these um you know, right to work during the first half a year, at least, I won't be able to take clients who would pay me money, you know, and I'm thinking if I should do this design challenge or what I should do, like, this is something that I'm currently struggling with to trying to do mm-hmm. some planning for me once I am in the United States and what I should do, because like, it sucks, especially right now, because it's going so well for me. And because yeah. I'm still in the very beginning, and I think it's a very important period where you get the clients and then the talk starts happening between people who I recommend mm-hmm. you. So this is my current oh, headache in a way. So you're trying to, so your, your struggle right now is trying to plan success for yourself in getting clients when you move here. Is that what it, um, is? That what no, it is? it's more like, you know, my, my plan is currently, yeah, to maybe like use this half a year to my advantage in a way where this advantage is not going to be material, but it's still going to get me a flow of clients once I'm available for work, if it makes sense. Uh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So so you want to do a personal project that gets you attention so that way when you are ready to do on client work, you're, you're, you can be more picky about clients and yeah. come to you for a more specific service. Yeah, okay. exactly. Or how to say no. Um, you know, because, like, you know, if someone writes me about a project and proposes me, you know, I'm going to pay you this. Would, would you like to do this? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I cannot take you because I'm not allowed to take your money. But at the same time, I don't know if it's a good thing to do the job for free, even if it's like a fun job. But at the same time, you know, you should always be valued. So this is my struggle. I think you can you can feel from uh, yeah, talking about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, think it, I think it, so the free to paid because you legally can't accept money in the States yet. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard one. Um, I don't know if you... Honestly, like, I don't think, I think it's, oh, it's so hard. My brain is like, like yelling at both sides of my brain because I agree with both sides. So it's like, so yes, I think if it's a really, really cool opportunity, I think it's fine um, to tell them what you're worth, but then give them a hundred percent off. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Because that's tax deductible. Mm -hmm. So like, if you, let's say you want to do work, I would say look after nonprofits Mm-hmm. and donate your work so that way you're technically not filing for income but you're you're donating to charity and you're le- and like i'm assuming you can donate to charity when you move here you no i, I mean? hope so yeah so that so that might be like your loophole where like you're helping out someone who you know is a nonprofit that doesn't actually have a lot of money to pay you doing amazing work having more um less oversight on what you do because you're not being paid yeah like so you that should be like the takeaway um but still going through the contract uh, still giving them what your price would be, but then just discounting it. So that way they still, you know, this is how many revisions you get. This is how many concepts. So that way it's still like everyone's respecting each other. Mm-hmm. I find when I just do free work, like I'll just do someone a favor. They always take more. They're like, oh, that's not like they're harder to work with. They're, they don't communicate. They don't follow my rules. They want to like, it's almost like they want more, even though I'm already giving them something for free. That's just <laughs> been my experience. Yeah. Especially working with family. Don't ever work. Guys, if you ever work with friends or family, like make put more things in your contract. 
I would say never that do that. The people that love you will rape you the hardest, okay? <laughs> like, if it's your mom or something, like, I gave birth to you. You can't give me another concept. Like, you know? Just, it's like, mom, come on. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be something that you could do. Uh, in terms of, like, just getting personal work to attract clients, like, what's, like, let's talk about, a, like, what's a specific niche that you're trying to get in, like, when it comes to, like, I don't know, attracting a certain service, maybe a subject matter, or um, an industry for you? For me? Well, yeah. I generally, I'm currently doing a series of web illustrations. Um, and if those are going to be good, and I hope that I'm going to finish them before I have to move, um, I would like to focus on that. Uh, but since it's going to be like half a year, I I think that I'm going to try to promote several niches. Niche? How do you pronounce it? Niche. Niche. Okay. In Russian, it's mm-hmm. Nisha. Um, so... Oh, that's way better. <laughs> it's easier. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'll probably focus on, yeah, web illustration. I'm probably going to focus on um, ooh, randomness. Beautiful randomness, of course. Well, no. Uh, genuinely, like, developing my portfolio, posting two times per week, as I try to do. Maybe doing mm-hmm. some... Uh, maybe incorporating my illustration into fonts, you know, into typography a little bit. Just, cool. to, just to see how that works. Because I personally, I always admire lettering artists. I know that with my hands growing out of my ass, I would never be able to become one. But, but I do like typography. I don't know about that. If you can write like a grocery list, you can hand letter. No, you know. No, I'm serious. Like, no one can read that. Even my mother. Yeah, but with enough practice, you can do anything. Like we all didn't know how to drive a car. And then we learn how to drive a car. Someone never, like, someone never does. I still don't have a driver's license. Yeah. Oh, you don't? Damn it. It's a bad analogy. Bad analogy. Dina. <laughs> I don't know. Cooking? Do you cook? Do you clean? Uh, do you know how to make a sandwich? Like, <laughs> like there's things that you don't know. And yeah, then you yeah. practice and you get better. Like, So give yourself just a little bit more credit. Okay. All right. Um, so like, okay. So what's another... So aside from... I'm just curious. So like besides web graphics, like what's another service that you would be excited to take on? Oh, definitely not logos. I would actually love to spend some time learning animation. Um, because Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I yeah. did have animation at the university and I know the, I understand the concepts of, uh, of animation and I do know how to use Adobe After Effects. Um, but the thing with my illustrations is that I, I have a lot of strokes and strokes are not always comfortable to work with when it comes to animating. So mm-hmm. I would have to think how to do that properly and maybe also refresh the animation course in my head because I don't really remember much. So maybe I'm going to just dedicate time to doing that and then I'm going to be like, hey, I draw and I animate as well. Yeah, I think that, well, you can charge a lot more money for yeah. things that I, move than things that don't, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I just had this face where, you know, you, you could imagine me having these dollar signs in my eyes. <laughs> thinking of that. Well, I think it's, so I think it's a really good idea to mix, like, to make GIFs and stuff for the web. So it might be a fun project, not only for you to, like, refresh on your animation, but also to just be making a lot of uh, web graphics, maybe making some GIFs and also uploading those GIFs to Instagram for stickers. Of course. I think that would be really cool. Um, I actually know quite a bit, quite a few um, artists that have made a name for themselves just making stickers for Instagram. And then they end up getting all these, like, really cool opportunities. Um... Because every time their sticker gets used, they get, you know, a notification. Like, they're, oh, you, can, you cool. can see how many people use your stickers, which is really cool. And you can, like, follow up with them. If they were like, hey, if you like my stickers, how, how would you like if I made you a custom GIF? They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, how I get a lot of my opportunities is straight up, like, uh, like let's say I'm making a cannabis piece, a cannabis page 
will repost it, like share it to their stories. And I just follow up, like, cause you can see who shared your work to stories. There's like the three dots in the top right hand corner of your post. And it says, see, shared to stories. I just say this cause a lot of people are like, what? You can see this functionality. Um, and if you don't see it, it means no one shared it to stories. So sorry. But if they did, you can click on it and you can see who posted, what did they say? If they added stickers, whatever. Um, and I just send them a thank you message and I go, Hey, if you ever want to collab, let me know. That's it. Cool. Like the, that's the call to action. Then I get all these cool, like I'm making like, I'm making a custom pipe. <laughs> like, uh, I'm making, um, uh, uh like, um, I don't know what to call it, but like the packaging for a jo- uh, joint pack. And, uh, I have a billboard coming out soon. So it's like, there's like, I don't know. So that might be a fun way. So that way you're just making free work so that we can attract work. And then you could always be like, I'm fully booked until February of next year or something. <laughs> like, just like, don't even be like, oh, I don't, I can't, I can't, I literally, I legally can't just be like, oh, I'm just so booked. Yeah. I just can't. And they're like, damn. <laughs> like, yeah, I love your ideas. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, I just, I'm just, I'm so busy right now with like all this work and I just can't possibly add anything but like maybe next year I'm like what <laughs> so like I don't know like there's there's nothing there's there's ways that you can spin it and um I think anytime you have like a more direct goal and the fact that you have six months to plan this is like amazing I'm like excited for you um because you can really like hone in on marketing strategy have a cadence to your social media uh you can get your website up and running like uh, well, I know you have a site, but like, you know, organizing it better for case studies and content and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, having landing pages that feel like the client, like you're talking directly to them, answering their questions, like any question a client would have before they have to contact you. So that's really nice, you know, information rich website. Yeah, this um, is true. And then just having a body of work of the exact kind of work you want to be hired for. Like, that's all you can, that's really just the name of the game and, and attracting clients without having to like cold call or email or whatever. Um, so I think it's going to be really fun. Okay. The struggle is eliminated now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 okay. And like, as a final, like little tip, and this is just, this is just my personal, my personal preference. I would highly recommend that you up your cadence from twice a week to like three times a week, or if you can do it five times a week, but mind you, I'm not saying like upload five new pieces of work a week. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Um, I would love to see more process like in your work, whether it's like, I would love to see like just the line drawings without the shading and just seeing the complications of it, I think would be really interesting. Is there a reason why you share, you share only like portfolio pieces on your Instagram versus like showing more of you? Energy efficiency. <laughs> but generally um, I did, I did do these mashups of my Procreate sketching, like, you know, creating the process of making the sketches. Um, but lately I have started doing the live videos so mm. I just sometimes like, you know, when I feel like I, I can talk to, to my phone without feeling tired in advance, <laughs> I just switch it on and then I start drawing and people can see that and then it's up there for 24 hours, I think. Um, and people have started asking me more questions because of it lately. And I'm genuinely a person who is very, uh, I don't have much energy for social media overall. I'm this horrible friend to whom you send a message and then the message is not being answered for like eight <laughs> hours. And there's absolutely like no explanation to why I don't open it. I just like, I feel like, oh, I'm so tired. I just don't want to. And well, it's a struggle for me, yeah, with social media because um, it even like takes energy for me to scroll through my feed and engage with other people, you know, like do the liking, mm, do the talking. Yeah. 
yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's hard. Maybe it's going to change with time. Maybe I should do certain things to change it, but I'm genuinely this person who is very, who has not that much energy for, for these things. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is for you, so like the, the two most important things to Instagram is how engaging your content and how consistent your content is. That's it. Yeah. Um, so if you can up your consistency, that's only going to help you. So like I'm actually saying post more often while actually doing less work by just showing your process along the way. Mm -hmm. That's it. So it's like you don't have to write this like full book of a caption, just like actually showing me your process because this is only going to increase your value proposition to clients. Because I think the the biggest mistake us as artists can do is making our work look easy. Yeah, like, probably. I'm actually like really against time lapses because it makes your work look too effortless. Like I hate time lapses. I like live streams of eight hours where you see me going fuck and shit and like how and like what color should I use and like what what's the size of the stroke? Oh, I don't like the way her belly button looks. Like just like the the pain of like just being nitpicky. Because then it's like, wow, that took that takes a lot of time. So that way when I like see when I finally give a you know a client a quote, they're not sticker shocked. They're not expecting like a hundred dollars for a commission. You know what I mean? I, I just like totally this agree. clearly. So I, just, I mean I think oh sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, I just, I just genuinely feel like uh, these time lapses, they have trained people to perceive information in such like, a quick way. And mm -hmm. even like when I started, like people ask me, show me the coloring, uh, how you do the coloring. And then I switched on the live video and I've been there for like an hour. And then people are like, why are you working so slowly? Because, like, <laughs> because yes, it takes me like two days to color an illustration, at least. <laughs> but I prefer to take a third one so that I would have a fresh look and then I would change it completely. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, fucking people. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a huge issue. Like, I love live streaming, so I think that's great. Um, but, like, just showing, like, your sketches, uh, maybe something like, oh, what color palette do you guys like? One or two? Just, like, involving yeah. more of your community. And also, like, I do think it's important to show more of you. You mean the, the face? Like, uh, like, yeah, your face. Like, I want to see pictures lifestyle I, photography of, i kind of, of like you. tried recently in stories um i was I, I did some question and then i created this like thank you short video with my face and it just like felt so weird because i'm not really like a you know a face person overall uh I, it's not like i don't feel comfortable with it it's just that um I know that how it works. I'm just like so not full of myself in this way, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And also very often, like I have this very cute, you know, face. And then I already like when I used to post just just stuff uh, with my face involved, because this account is very ancient, I would get these messages about, oh my God, you look so cute. I want to squeeze your cheeks. Or like, hey girl, what's your number? And then, like, you know. <laughs> well, all right. Don't let trolls ruin your face. Like... I mean, I get dick pics, dude. Like, I don't, it's still like, it, it hasn't changed from OkCupid. Okay like, I'm still getting dick pics on Instagram, even on Women of Illustration. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, so it's like, just because I get trolls uh, saying, make me a sandwich, bitch, uh, does that mean I should stop posting feminist work? No, of course no. not. Just like of course not. So like, because, you know, people are like, oh, you're cute. Like, can I get your number? Like, that doesn't mean you shouldn't show yourself. Because there's, there's a, a, like, artists obviously, um, I mean, for the most part, aren't trying to be models on Instagram. So, like, we're not posting pictures of ourselves for engagement. We're not even posting pictures of ourselves for likes. I post pictures of myself for a very specific reason, and that's is it's easier to remember me as a person than it is to remember me just my work. Mm -hmm. Like, when people talk to me, they don't call me Lettershop for the most part. They call me Dina, yeah. right? So, and also from a client perspective, I'm not going to hire someone that, like, I don't know what their legal name is and what they look like. 
Like, straight up, not going to happen. Like, if I'm hiring a photographer and I don't know what you look like and I know what your legal name is on Instagram, I'm not going to fucking hire you. Like, how do I know you're not going to run away with my money? How do I know I can trust you? So it's like, I think it's a better, again, value proposition for clients, but also like, it's so much easier to get engagement when in, in, in likes and followers and all that good stuff when someone knows, someone appreciates your art, but honestly just likes you, like likes your personality. They feel like they're friends with you in real life, like on the internet. No, that, like, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I usually, do... I usually go into video, like call with a mm. client uh, if they ask for it. Like I actually am not against that. And I genuinely am very responsive when it comes to talking to a client, but I understand how it would lead to maybe more clients, right? And engagement. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I really have to figure out the thing with my energy levels <laughs> when it comes to yeah. social I mean, media. Definitely do like what you got to do for your mental health, of course. Um, like just as a heads up, like, uh, in terms of the algorithm, um, or whatever, it's much better for you to take, let's say a week off from Instagram because you just didn't, you're on vacation, you're traveling something than for you to go from like five posts a week to two posts a week or five posts a week to three posts a week and to change up your cadence yeah. that will actually hurt you more than you just not posting on the platform altogether. So it's like, if you ever feel like I take a week off a month from social media mm-hmm. every month. Um, just because, you know, it's hard, even though you say like, oh, it's not about the likes, you still fucking get caught up in the likes. Like you, you can't help. It's an, you're showing people what you made and you want to get validated for it. That's never going to change ever. I don't care how strong you are and how many self-help books you fucking read or quotes <laughs> you read on the internet. You're not fucking, you're not <laughs> like, you're not above that. Okay. Of course. Um, but you know, there's something to be said with, you know, increasing your cadence by just taking, it's so much easier to take a picture of yourself and post it than to do a full new illustration. Yeah, this is true. Right. So if you think of it like this, like, okay, I'm going to show the process behind a piece and then I'm going to post the static image and then I'm gonna do a lifestyle photo and then I'm going to do it all over again. You just tripled your output. Oh, so it's I, like, I love you. <laughs> I love you back. So it's just, you know what I mean? Like you might as fucking well, um, and like, yeah, you're not going to get likes in the photos, but just remember, that's not the point. The point is the people who are like your fucking avid followers and like most loyal fans, they're going to be the ones that like it. They're going to be the ones that are going to comment and ask you questions. And this is the space where you, you know, share a little bit of your personal life as much as you feel comfortable. It doesn't always have to be work, work, work all the time. Yeah. Because that, that sets that fucking expectation that we're all fucking productivity crazy and that we have to be work, work, work all the time because that's what we're portraying online. Like we are perpetuating that self-image problem like we are part of the problem no so this it's is like, true i agree yeah so it's like all right let's link let's help <laughs> let's help our our output but also help the world <laughs> um by just like you know being a little bit more honest with ourselves and not having this perfectionist mindset every time we have to make that perfect piece before we post it because it's like it's probably not going to get that many likes anyways and then you just poured like 15 hours or whatever, into a piece that you know one liked. And of course, it's going to kill your self-esteem. But if you take away that, like, measurement of um, how you're feeling good about yourself, like, a lot of people, they don't feel like they did art unless it gets posted on Instagram. Like, some yeah. people, like, can't have a sketchbook that's private. Yeah, of course. showing it, you know. So I'm rambling, but... <laughs> no, it, it totally makes sense. I, and I agree yeah. with everything you say, actually. So, it's, and then also, like, the, the idea of reposting something. Like, you know, it's just because something, you know, let's say flopped or was a failure on Instagram, go back, think about it. Maybe change the colors and then repost it again in a week or two. See what happens. Like, it's it's just a beta test. It's just data. 
Yeah. It's not like how happy or how talented you are. Like there are people who are way less talented than you that have millions of followers that just post memes. Like <laughs> there's, you, you got a shot. It's okay. Like there's one dude who just take, makes a weird, funny face and has crooked teeth and has millions of followers. And he just takes a selfie <laughs> every day. So it's like, you know, like this is the internet. There's no rules or like, just don't invest your emotions into it. And so if you can increase your cadence, I do think that would be helpful. And I honestly, I just think you're really cool and I want to be your friend in the internet. Aww. But I have such a hard time feeling that connection with you when I feel like it's very sterile and it's only portfolio you know yeah I understand well I'll I'll try to do that I'm going I'm also going to give you a link to to your <laughs> to your account and say like this girl told me to do that and I thought yeah. that it's cool <laughs> so if you hate it <laughs> questions to her not to me <laughs> yeah like I mean if you, I will take full responsibility how about that <laughs> It's like, yell at Letter Shop if you don't like my face, asshole. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I also think that there's something to be said, like as a woman, to be, you know, in any way, shape or form, to feel somewhat ashamed or nervous showing what you look like. Because like with age, like I, I hate to break it to you women, you're going to get uglier. Like you're oh, yeah. going to lose your hair. You're going <laughs> to fucking start getting smaller and your spine's going to suck and you're going to get wrinkles and age spots and all that shit. And you're never going to look quite as good as you do right now. So why don't you just photograph it? Like, don't go a decade without taking pictures of yourself and then feeling bad about yourself the way you look right now. And then looking back, you know, 10 years in the future and how you looked and you think, damn, I never looked better. Don't miss out on that opportunity to appreciate where you've come from, you know? And I, and I say this because I'm speaking from experience. Like, I went a decade without taking a picture of myself and thought I was ugly and fat and like a monster. And it was the best I've ever looked in my entire life, but there's no documentation of it. So it's like, if that's what it is, I mean, that's that's usually, there's something having to do with why you don't take a picture of yourself because you feel like, oh, well, I don't want to be judged for my looks, for my art. Like, that's not what we're talking about. Yes, there are really beautiful artists out there that are very attractive and have art as well. And I'm sure that helps them, but that's not the ploy here. It's just for people to connect with you. And it's hard to do that when you don't know what someone looks like, you know? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm done. I'm, I'm sorry. I turned this into like a Dr. <laughs> Phil moment. I'm like, believe in yourself. You're beautiful. I told you. I'm talking to a pris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, I always, I knew having a podcast, like a Women of Illustration podcast would be an interesting thing. Because like most podcasts, like interview style designer podcasts, the host never talks. Really. And I don't I, like it. It, it, it feels really weird. Like when I ask uh, an artist a question, it's because I literally want to know what the answer is. And then I want to give my two cents and I want us to have a conversation and see who, you know, who has a better outlook or if we could both learn something from each other. But it's very hard to get the perspective. It's, it's just one sided. Yeah. You know, but there's also this voice in my head that's like, Dina, you're talking too much. This isn't about you. This is about her. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, if I can share something that will help somebody, like, why not share that? So it's like, it's hard to. Like, look, I'm already talking about my anxiety in my head right okay, now. Come on, no, no one has it figured out. That's why I think that I the, the dialogue is the best way to do that. So, Yeah. All right. All right, we've reached the end of our episode. It's almost been two hours. I knew, we, I was like, I don't know if we're going to talk for the full 90 minutes. Like, pass. <laughs> and we're past 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, well. I loved I it. I, there was a lot of nuggets of wisdom in here, both emotional, therapeutic, career-wise lots very multifaceted podcasts i feel um all right so before we wrap up is there anything that you have 
coming up that's exciting that I can help promote for you? Uh, yes. So as I said, I have a blog now on Medium where I'm learning to write in English. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm basically writing about how I became an illustrator because a lot of people ask me how I did that. But I think that it's very hard to say that in just one sentence. And I'm... Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, so my March, um, my March article is going to come out in two weeks. And cool. yeah, so my Medium username is Olga Zelite. Pretty much like my username in Dribble and my website and food grid struggle on instagram but you don't really have to remember that <laughs> no one does <laughs> you have the best username ever i feel like your website should just say food greed struggle like it's just awesome it's oh, such a cool name stop giving me like these ideas <laughs> oh my god it's good though like i don't like i don't and it's so catchy and it's i don't like i said like it's moving like I, i'm gonna remember that shit food greed struggle like that's life so, yes like, then, then they're going to see my face you're... that's food <laughs> Yeah, like this is my greed. Do you see it? This is my struggle. Do you see it in my laugh lines? Um, but <laughs> no, I think I, know, I like it. And I think it's easier if you have like a, a continuity to your brand. Anyways, Dina, yeah. stop giving advice while she's trying to tell you what to promote. God damn it. All right. What? Okay. So your blog on Medium. Yeah. Cool. Definitely going to, and you're posting that once a month on like your expertise and your I like what you're learning along the way in yeah. your illustration career. Yeah. And I generally right? try to post twice a week because I currently have ongoing work. And once I'm done with it, I post. Um, and there is a cool project I'm currently working on. It's con connected to library of sounds. So where you can purchase sounds for, for your apps, for your podcasts, for your YouTube videos. And cool. this is not me who is doing the library, but I'm doing a very cool illustration for that. So hopefully it works out and you're going to oh see it Oh my God, soon. how relevant. <laughs> if only yeah, I had a I podcast. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't actually add music. Or, I, mean, I don't know. Rick's going to edit this. And uh, I guess if you guys hear music in it, that's what he decided was cool. <laughs> I, I really, after we're done recording, I don't touch it. Like he makes the design decisions, I guess. So maybe we'll use that. I don't know, Rick, do you want to check out that site? What's the site called? I don't know. There's no no name yet. <laughs> There's no name yet? Well, fuck me. Never mind. Fuck yourself. No, whatever. I would release it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. It's like, oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll, oh, maybe I'll buy something. It's like, oh, they don't have a name yet. Oh, you can yeah. just like judge my marketing skills from this. <laughs> Go, go right? do that. It's like you had me all like ready and set and like, here's some money. Like, oh, wait, I don't have anyone to give it to you. Damn it. See, that's what happens. Speaking of faders. Instagram, but not a website, <laughs> people. Mm -hmm. Sorry, speaking of faders, what? Speaking of failures. I just oh, failures. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's really weird to advertise something that you can't actually buy yet. Unless it, there's like, there has to be a pre-order button or like a newsletter sign up. There has to be some sort of call to action. All right. Anyways, guys, be sure to follow Olga on her fucking medium, on her Instagram, all the things, the dribble, dribble's cool. I'm a big fan of the dribble dribbles. And if anybody needs an invite, let me know. I got like so many because I keep forgetting to give them out to people. Oh, me too. Do you have any I have, invites? I have like five. Yeah. Oh my God. Guys, so message Olga first. <laughs> <laughs> I just get a lot of DMs, so I don't want it to get lost. Um, not, I wasn't trying to sound self-important. I just, it's just something that happens. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, you know, get rid of her uh, invites too. And I'm more than happy to give anyone an invite that, you know, obviously the work has to be good and skillful and all that stuff um no stick figures on dribble guys i don't want to don't you embarrass me on dribble <laughs> <laughs> with your bad work all right i have a reputation um just kidding please send me whatever you have uh guys i appreciate you guys listening to this this podcast please leave a good review on apple Podcasts because we don't have any good reviews um everyone's like the audio quality is bad <laughs> i'm going to write you a review <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking write me a good one. Um, well, it's because we were recording for the video, and then we were just turning the video into audio because we got so many complaints that 
people couldn't list, just listen to it yeah. instead of having to watch it on YouTube. Um, but I don't know. After we have this discussion, I think we might actually d- – because uh, we have to restructure how we're doing the podcast and the RSS link and stuff. So we might actually have to delete all of the past episodes and just have this be the first episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, because of the format change, it, it's, it's very complicated. It's either that or we have to delete them and re-upload them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think I'd rather just have people go to YouTube. I'm like, if you want to watch the first season of Women Illustration, just go to YouTube, see their fucking faces, see the time that my amazing editor took to add in all the screenshots and graphics. <laughs> like, go there. Because, <laughs> like, an audio-only version of a video is kind of weird. So at least now it's like, hey, this is the intended way you're supposed to hear this podcast. If you like this episode... Give us a good review. Don't give us a bad one. Okay? No one... That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> it really doesn't. You're, if you... Oh, that was going to be like, if you hate women, leave a bad review. It's like, no, don't tell them that. Because <laughs> then we'll have all these trolly reviews. And that would be... Like, somehow they'll figure out how to put a dick pic in a review and it'll just be the worst thing ever. Okay. All right. All right. Let's... Okay. Awkward bye now after dick... Because Dina can't stop talking about dick pics. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.